0: Hello, friends, and welcome again to another episode of the Potluck Podcast. I'm Jared Cornut, joined by Alan Murray, Matt Hensley, and guys, believe it or not, today is the five-year anniversary of the Potluck Podcast. Alan and I have been here since the beginning. Matt's been with us for a little over a year now, I guess. Five years of the Potluck, Alan. How does that make you feel?
1: That's a lot of devil, uh, <laughs> it, It's I, Who would have thought? That we've been doing this for five years. Um, it's been fun. It's it's taken us some crazy places, but I've
2: enjoyed it. Some very crazy places indeed. Matt, how are you, man? Doing good. Just got back from Top Golf, uh, which was a bit of a gift to my daughter. And I absolutely destroyed her and uh, gave her a lesson in humility. But she'd also never golfed before in her life. So, you know, it wasn't quite fair. And I have been to Top Golf with Matt, and he's horrible. So for I him am, to absolute absolutely smoke her, that means that's bad. I really play top with you. I'm not good at all. Usually sixty or seventy is kind of a, a good score for me. But my first one was ninety and my second one was a hundred and ninety. Uh, and because for the first time ever, like I just kept at least rolling into a target so we had a good time we ate well they really have some great food by the way there's some great food there the fried uh mac and cheese Woo! glory to god it was good
0: yeah the mac and cheese poppers they are very very good i know exactly what you're referring to because i have in, indulged them uh more than once well we're not here to talk about mats. uh Uh, top golf skills because they're not very good or necessarily even just talking about the five-year anniversary of the Potluck podcast. We're here to talk about Southern Madness life, things that are happening at our convention. We're starting to creep towards Anaheim, guys. Believe it or not, about a week and a half, we're going to be in March. And uh, we're getting really close to the annual meeting, and there's a lot of stuff to be done. And right now, the ERLC is in the middle of a search to replace Russell Moore, who stepped down right before the annual meeting last year. And a report was given this past week uh, during uh, some of uh, the meetings. Uh, Todd Howard, the chair of the presidential search committee, gave an update. And uh, he basically let us know that the committee had reduced the list to three candidates for ERLC president. And after interviewing all three of them, the committee ranked them and the members decided that they would deal with their top candidate until that door closes. So we need to pray for the ERLC. It sounds like they have a candidate in mind. Don't know if that candidate uh, is going to take the job or, or not, but it seems that they have somebody in mind for that. So what are some ways that we can pray for the ERLC and this unknown candidate
2: uh, in the meantime? <laughs> Just pray, <laughs> pray God's mercy on their soul. Uh no uh I think obviously, pray for wisdom uh you know it's a it, it is a big deal you know a lot I know there's been a lot of talk on whether we need it, all of that kind of stuff, but they do do some incredible things, especially the psalm one thirty nine project that they do that I love we've talked about on the pod before, uh, but just pray that they'll find somebody that uh it is political uh you know they're going to deal with politics, and so that's always going to have some pretty entrenched views. Uh, but somebody that can navigate that with wisdom and grace and tact, uh, but also truly lead and, and kind of guide and give a voice uh, for for what we believe as Southern Baptists to speak into some of those issues uh, is going to be a tall order. Uh, but I think we would do well to begin praying for him right now. Um, whoever that's going to end up being, Jay Allen.
1: What Matt said
2: always uh, profound in words is Alan Murray, uh, and <laughs> that
0: uh, yeah, I mean. I'll be honest, guys, it's a job that I would never want to have. One, I'm not an ethicist, and so uh, I would be very bad at this job. Uh, (laughs) But the microscope, and scrutiny that this position is held under uh, is a lot of pressure. And so we uh, obviously need to pray that the person who is uh, considering this understands that and knows the kind of job that they're taking and uh, that the ERLC will continue to do good work, necessary work. Uh, for us, in the name of religious liberty, and uh, and to represent Southern Baptists for what we believe, Matt, just like you said, well, that's not the only. Oh, go ahead, Matt. Well, I was just going to no, say. No.
2: I mean, we we also right this moment realize that there's a lot of stuff happening globally too. You know, yeah. with the Russia Ukraine thing, so there's a lot of stuff happening right now, really before our very eyes, that this guy's going to get in. And there's going to be this going on and that going on. And and so it's it's certainly already a thankless job, but we need somebody that's ready to hit the ground running uh, with, with, like I said, grace and wisdom and all of that uh, and lead well in that position uh, because this is a very difficult and volatile uh, time for sure. Pandemic, potential
0: World War Three, SBC splinter groups. What's not attractive about this job? I mean, come uh, on. I mean, who wouldn't want it? it I mean, it's – yeah. It was, yeah. Practically do it for free. Well, yeah. the, the ERLC is not our only entity uh, uh, without a leader right now. The smallest uh, that we think of, the executive committee, the CEO search is on, and the task force also is uh, going to give an update uh, next week. And so uh, the EC is obviously looking for a president. Uh, We've just named a new interim president, but uh, we had to find somebody to take that uh, role from Willie McLaren eventually. uh, Guys, I haven't had a whole lot of time to peruse this article, but uh, what are uh, are some ways to pray for the EC and uh, ways to think about them looking for the next person? And what do we expect from the sex abuse task force update?
2: I think there's a lot of things to to dig into uh to and and I might defer to to Jay Allen for the second thing you just said, but with the presidential search team, really could echo what I just said. Obviously that they, you know, they pick the right guys uh because we're really at that stage for them. They're they're not ready necessarily for the candidates and so forth. They've got to get the search team in place in the first place. And and we'll put in the show notes this of, you know, during their meeting talked about how they're going to cast their, their ballots for some nominees and and all of that kind of stuff that's going to make up this actual search team and then the EC chairman is going to join that as an ex officio member making it a seven member committee so whoever those seven are we need to be praying for and uh, and then they're going to move through the process from there uh but but again this is one where you know it is it it has become something that i think it hasn't always been uh, in that role, the CEO, uh, but uh, just having somebody there that, that can keep the trains moving on time, as we've said before, and uh, championing and cheerleading the cooperative program, all of that good stuff. That's what we need. And, uh, and so I'm really praying right now uh, for, for the search team itself as they wade through that and, and get the right team in place for that. And, and just that they'll have wisdom and grace and everything that I just said a moment ago, and uh, Jay Allen can chime in on the uh, Sexual Abuse Task Force.
1: Yeah, we're, we're looking to, to receive some updates from that. They have received um, almost an absurd amount of information that has come in uh, from all over the convention that they've been having to go through. Uh, I do not envy the folks that are on that task force uh, having to sift through that, having to determine um, you know, what, what needs to be shared, what can be shared. Um, and and so pray for them. Uh, pray pray for the EC as well, um, and all of our churches. I mean, this this is an ongoing thing. Uh, many of our state conventions are are looking to to be proactive in all of this as well. And so pray that it doesn't happen, uh, but that when as we find things that we respond well in ways that would honor Christ, uh, that would honor victims of sex abuse as well. And uh, just to to go back uh, to the praying for the EC search team, uh, pray for all of them to have unity. Um, the EC has not been a unified body. Uh, I, I don't say that that lightly. I don't say that with um, rejoicing. Uh, but the EC has not been a very unified body in this past year, and so pray that uh, God would give them unity. Um, they're they're missing a lot of members, um, and until uh, new ones are elected in June, um, they'll they'll still be without them. And so uh, through all of this, with with both the search team and the sex abuse task force, there, there's There's very much uh, to be praying about and praying for. Obviously, a
0: tumultuous year uh, for the executive committee uh, with resignations from Ronnie Floyd, uh, from other vice presidents, resignations from committee members. Uh, this is again we need to get right and again who went well with this job right you know <laughs> there's only uh, a little bit of controversy in the SBC right now we got to, this task force that you got to work with because there's some serious issues going on there and then again you've got uh, different groups pulling you in different directions we really need a leader with clear vision somebody man like you said who can just sign the checks and make sure the money goes where the money's supposed to go and, and lead this with conviction and clarity but also you know, represent Southern Baptist will carry out the will of the messengers and not kind of not get in the way, uh, type of thing. But the past two uh CEOs of the Summer Baptist Convention, their their tenures ended in one in disgrace and one in uh, a lot of frustration. So we we need to pray that that will uh come into fruition. We need to pray for the community members in that and we need to pray we're not gonna have somebody by June. So Uh, We need to pray for Willie as he prepares to lead us into the uh, annual meeting. And hopefully by the end of the year, we've got somebody and hopefully somebody who is willing to take up the mantle and lead Southern Baptist well. The task force, obviously, uh, that's heavy, heavy stuff. Uh, Victims, uh, churches who didn't handle things the right way, churches who did but still dealing with the effects of that. Uh, We just need to face the facts, whatever they are, and respond appropriately. Uh, and I think the executive committee took the right action. We're still insured as a convention, by the way, in case you're wondering. And so um, that, uh, you know, we still have the necessary procedures and policies in place to take care of what we need to take care of. But most importantly, we need to, to right this ship. And the ERLC has done some work uh, to help us with this. And churches just need to take this seriously. And, um, uh, you know, I, I got news about a church here, not a Southern Baptist church, but a church in our area that, uh that mishandle sexual abuse, but they they dropped the ball in regard to that. And so it's something that we need to be constantly aware of because the world is, is watching us, and it is important for Southern Baptists. And so we need to pray for our executive committee in that light. Uh, and then some other news coming out of um, this time uh, Marietta, Georgia, uh, rather uh, than Nashville. But the North American Mission Board is, again, as they tried to last year, pursuing to put uh, Southern Baptist Convention Collegiate Ministry under their vision and their mission statement. Uh, Right now it's under LifeWay. uh, And if you might remember, LifeWay and and North America Mission Board both support this. But, Alan, talk about why this failed last year in Nashville.
1: It was uh, attached um, into a motion that was brought before uh, the the convention where a whole bunch of things were in there together. And part of LifeWay's shifting mission was to move away uh, from – Uh, homeschool curriculum which was which is really something they very minimally have done anything with in recent years they're not a major supplier of homeschool curriculum they're not writing it Uh, they were just simply selling or distributing other curriculums and somebody on the floor just could not stand the idea of Lifeway no longer supporting homeschooling and so they rallied the troops who had no idea what was going on and (laughs) Was voted down on the floor, which voted down everything because it wasn't—it wasn't a motion to amend, uh, but just to strike everything together. And so a whole bunch of people got angry really over nothing because. Uh, so their not- got angry over nothing. Alan, are you sure? <laughs> I I was in the room, um, so um, that that's that's my take on the situation. Um, And and let me just have an impassioned plea. Um, As the the app gets updated, as reports come out, as motions are presented ahead of time, sometimes as resolutions are definitely printed ahead of time, uh, read them before you get to the floor um, and be informed. Sometimes folks are ill-informed and stuff like this happens. And sometimes folks are very well-informed and are able to stop... Uh, just terrible decisions happening from the floor so read stuff in advance have a highlighter grab a pen and make sure that robert doesn't rule you out of order
2: yeah and i was going to say you know bart Bart likes to say a lot um that eventually southern baptists will do the right thing you know it might take a little while and, and this might be an, an example of that it seems very obvious like dr zell said it's a great fit for their entity it's what they're already Doing and, uh, and it fits right under their purview. So it's a great opportunity for them. Uh, and so, yes, maybe it was delayed a little bit in terms of on the official side of things, uh, but this is a great chance to kind of rewrite that opportunity and, uh, and, and make it happen. And so I think he said Nam is already so focused on reaching the next generation for Christ. We all know that. We see it. Uh, they've got a great team that is doing that. And he says, We already mobilized Christian college students for the mission field. And, uh, and so he listed some of the people that are there, uh, but he wants NAM's involvement to keep that evangelistic focus to collegiate ministry. And so he thinks that Southern Baptists want that since this is such a key age group for us to reach. And so it seems so obvious maybe this time with some of the other stuff not involved uh, that maybe it'll happen and, like Bart says, eventually do the right thing. You know, collegiate ministry is kind of confusing the SBC.
0: Why that was ever under the purview of Lifeway, I really don't understand. Uh, but maybe in a different era that made sense. But uh, you still got the issue of most state conventions have BCMs or BSU. Well, what do they call it, in North Carolina? Alan, is it BSU? Be uh, it's BCM in Alabama. Uh, we
1: don't know. have we don't have it anymore in North Carolina, but we do have Baptist Collegiate Partnerships. We've shifted to a more local church focused ministry when it comes to collegiate ministry. Um, which I, I think is a healthy thing. Uh, BSU or BCM is no substitution for the local church. And so we don't have those things anymore. Uh, we've, we've made a, a more strategic shift towards local church partnerships.
0: Yeah. So it'll be interesting how NAM reaches out to the current state in, in a very state by state, right? Bagatane, Alabama was not very effective. <laughs> um, uh, I, I went to a large University of Alabama, BCM. Uh, The best of the BCM was uh, you could go there on Wednesdays for Dollar Lunch. Uh, That was the the best thing they had going on. Uh, I hope the BCM director at Alabama does not listen to this podcast uh, because uh, I'll get an email. But uh, uh, it'll be interesting how that happens um, in Anaheim and how things go. Maybe everyone should be so busy at Disneyland they won't have time to be upset uh, uh, because that's uh, Any chance of that, Matt, that nobody's going to get mad at the annual meeting?
2: Uh, yeah, I would put the if, – if I was an odd maker, I don't know how all of that kind of works. I would just say it's a slim chance that no one gets mad this year in Anaheim. I was talking to a church member tonight at Whataburger uh, after okay. our, our our small
0: group. Uh, Matt, you'll like that. And uh, they did not have any limited batch number two, nor did they have chocolate milkshake, so it was a quite disappointing night. Uh, right. But uh, he said, you know, why should I go to the annual meeting? And I said, well, here's why you should go, because you will leave Anaheim never more embarrassed to be a Southern Baptist, and at the same time, never more encouraged to be a Southern Baptist. And I said, I can't explain it, but they both exist simultaneously.
2: Don't y'all agree? Yep. I would also like to apologize on behalf of Whataburger as their chief unofficial spokesperson. My apologies uh, that you were not able to get the limited batch number two, but Here's, here's what I offer you. Okay, is we here. have about 12 of them at home. And, uh, and so... I'm going to see this week. Of, My wife's yes, going out of town. One of them has your name on it. So, Sweet. So, yes. All right. Well, that's... Okay.
0: I'm looking forward to that then. Well, uh, they're, you know, in the South. Matt, you drive a truck. I do. I drive a truck. Alan, you drive a truck. And uh, have you ever seen the, uh, the YouTube video, the Truck Gang
2: video? I um, have not seen I, that, but I have seen well, the, a lot of whole, different. I've I've seen a lot of different fingers pointed my way when I've driven. So, well, I I got some fingers I'd like to point at you, but this is a Christian <laughs> podcast. Well, he said, well, the, in, in
0: the video you're supposed to throw the T up, truck gang. Unless somebody drives a Honda Pilot, because uh, that's not a real truck. And uh, I, my uh, pastor administration, Micah Head at the church, he drives a Honda Pilot, and I, re- I always say, I, you know, I will drive my truck. When did you get a truck, Micah? Did you, sell the, did you sell your Honda Ridgeline? Not Pilot, Honda Ridgeline. Did you sell your Ridgeline? Because that's not a real truck. Uh, but there is just kind of a brotherhood in the South among people who drive trucks. Alan, uh, if you're driving through rural North Carolina and you maybe see a, another truck or maybe somebody you even know, what, is, uh, what, what, do you, what are you supposed to do in the South when you see another truck brethren, especially or just somebody that you know driving down the road?
1: We need to clarify. It's not an if, uh, because I'm in rural North Carolina. It, it's not if. It's always. Yeah. Uh, but but you wave at people. Uh, if if you know them, you give them you give them lots of fingers. You maybe even make sure that you have one hand on the steering wheel and raise one completely. Uh, maybe just point a finger at somebody. A couple fingers at one another. You. you It's like when a couple of dudes are in the room and they acknowledge one another and they just nod, they don't have to say anything. They just nod. It's like, there's this, this mutual acknowledgement and it's the wave. You, 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 you lift up the hand, you lift up the fingers off the top of the steering wheel and you wave.
0: When you're driving in Alabama, rural Alabama, you're driving, you see another truck, you throw one finger up. That's an acknowledgement. You're my truck brother. It's good to see you. If it's an acquaintance, somebody that you kind of know of, or maybe somebody you pass by on a regular basis, you throw two fingers up. And if it's somebody you know, you throw your whole hand up, and that's how your mama and them doing Uh, yeah. type deal. uh you know them. So I don't know how common that is in
2: Texas, Matt, but I, I know in Alabama where I grew up you did that all the time. I think it's certainly pretty common, and, and maybe more so when you are in the rural area, you know, like Farmersville, that kind of deal. Um, yeah, be either. careful with fingers in the Metroplex. You can get shot for that. <laughs> you can get shot for sure. But, but you know, also when the weather's nice, you know, the, the windows go down. Uh, yeah. of course that's only like one week in Texas <laughs> and, uh, the windows go down and, and it's like the, the arm is out on, you know, kind of that little mm-hmm. armrest still on, on the window seal and, and a car is coming by or, or whatever. And you just kind of lift the arm at like a 90 degree angle or, or whatever. And I also know back when I had the motorcycle, I still had the motorcycle. I don't quite want to die in Texas. And so I don't drive it here. Uh, but there's also that like down, uh, kind of wave that they do. And, and it's only for motorcycle. I mean, they're not doing it for a car that passes or a truck that passes. It's only fellow motorcyclists will have the little wave, but it's the hand down. And I tried to do it one time when like a whole line of motorcyclists were coming through and I tried to do it and I nearly dropped the motorcycle. And uh, so, so yeah, uh the one finger, hey, the two fingers, how are y'all? The entire hand, how's your mom and them? I mean, it's a it's a common occurrence, especially the more rural you get. Uh, but like you said, if you're in downtown Dallas, just keep the fingers on the wheel. Just don't lift anything. Just never know how it will be misconstrued by the person in front of you or behind you or whatever. Um, all right, let's let's go around the room. Uh, Matt, what kind of truck do you drive? I've got a Chevy Silverado.
0: Alan, what do you drive? I got a Ford Ranger. I drive a Dodge Ram Big Horn. Uh, I my first truck was a Ford Ranger. I called it the Danger Ranger, uh, <laughs> and uh, uh, I I I was foolish, sixteen-year-old driving that thing like crazy. The Ford Ranger is a great truck. Chevy, eh, whatever. Yeah. Uh, you're a Chevy guy though, aren't you?
2: Yeah, we we're a mixed family because I've got a uh, our my wife's car is a King Ranch uh, Expedition, and uh, but my dad uh, was a Chevy through and through, and so I've kind of I've bounced around a little bit, you know. You had a Ram, didn't you? I did have a Ram. I had a Power Wagon, actually, and yeah. I loved that one. Went from that to a Corvette, which that was the best car ever that was completely and totally impractical for us. And uh, and then I went <laughs> to the uh, Silverado and put about 500 or 600 miles a week on that thing. And uh, I'm, I'm kind of starting to think I should have gotten a Prius. But anyway, it's still great. I love it. And uh, it's Excellent. also kind of interesting because I don't carry anything. I don't. And, and when you have a truck you automatically become the person that gets to help everybody to move. And I don't, I don't have the back for that. So, well,
0: there's a Tesla dealership right over by love field airport. You kind of could have gone there, but I've got to the point, My, I got our church is moving. And I said, uh, I said, I'm in my 30s now. You can't bribe me over with uh, pizza that can help you. With me. <laughs> he, said, no. he said, He said, I'm paying for movers. Uh, he said, uh, I said, thank goodness, because I didn't want to have to say yes. So, well, hey, guys, anything else you want to add here on the potluck before we bring this episode to a close as we celebrate our five-year anniversary of deviled eggs and uh, delicious foods, cobblers, all like that good stuff. Five years of crock pots. I've got nothing but jazz hands. Little jazz, jazz hands. Hands. y'all are both invited Palm Sunday night Matt easier for you than you Alan but at Pulling Park Baptist Church on Palm Sunday night we're having Palm Sunday praise and potluck, and so and any of you listeners out there, you're more than welcome to come too. We're going to have a praise and potluck on Palm Sunday night. But thank you for joining the uh, for the potluck. Pray for the ELC candidate. Pray for uh, whoever gets appointed to serve on the search team for the EC. Nam, praying for you as you uh, lead out in college ministry and all these different things. Uh, and make sure that you wave at your fellow truck brethren. And if you don't drive a truck, are you even southern? Join us next time. Same by this time. Same by this hour. Stay by this, my friends.